<laughs> I don't know what you said. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for coming. Um, man, I feel so weird right now. Yes, that's my brother. Uh, yo, this is awesome. Thank y'all for coming. Um, I'm really excited that y'all are here. Y'all happy to be here? Good. Um, cool. Well, yeah. Who here? Well, I'm not going to do that. That's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy you guys are here. So last week we, uh, we talked about, um, we talked about this thing, right? And I forgot to say this and I got chewed out, but it's okay. Um, uh, we are in a sermon series right now. Um, and so we kind of, we don't just like pick like, oh, tonight we're going to talk about like this book and then we're going to say, okay, Ezekiel seven, like, like we don't do that. We plan this out. And so we're in this series and this series is called God is, okay? There might be like a really cool picture coming up. I don't know. Yeah, look at that. That's awesome. Yo, just more, more oohs and ahs, okay? Like that is sick. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it does look really good. And so last week we did do this. It was like a trick because y'all didn't know we were in this sermon series. But we talked about God is, does anybody remember? Yes, cool. Glad y'all remember. What was it? Yeah. Yeah, right. That's right. A person. That's good. Um, so that was kind of like an overview, right? Um, and this is funny because, like, God is, we could legitimately spend every single day for the rest of our lives talking about the character of God. And so at no point will this list be exhaustive, okay? Like, we're probably going to spend five or six weeks on it, but there's still more stuff that God is. Does that make sense? Um, God is infinite. So there you have it. Like we wouldn't be able to finish this. Um, but I think that understanding these things, understanding that we believe like understanding these truths about God is going to be foundational. And from that foundation, we'll be able to build things on it. Right. Does that make sense? So you guys might come. We talked about like concept of God versus like the reality of God. If you come with like a wrong concept, that's okay because we're going to tear it down, right? And then we can, like, build from the foundation. That's like the, that's like the right way to build things, right? If you build on, like, mud, then your house is just going to, like, start falling, falling over and, and you're not going to have a house, like, within a week or two. Um, but if we have, like, a strong foundation of who God is and we build upon that, then we're going to have, like, the right, the right idea of reality, right? Does that make sense? Cool. So this week, did anybody go to small group this week? That's awesome. Go to small group. It's a good thing. So we talked about God being a person. We talked about like the basis of his, really like the base of his, uh, basis of his character is that he is knowable, that we can know him and he can know us, right? And so this week, we're going to talk about the thing. Sean did a great job talking about the Bible. What is the thing that the Bible says God is the most? Does anybody know? Father, good guess. What was the other one? Loving, that's a good guess. Righteous, yes. Did you know that? Oh, okay. Uh, the good answer, correct answer, great guess, yes. Um, this may surprise you guys. Yeah, we talk about God being loving, and trust me, I am so grateful God's loving, but we're not talking about that tonight. Well, actually, actually, through the rest of this series, you won't have to hear me talk anymore at all. Y'all can cheer if you want. Um, you'll actually get to hear from some of my friends, and they're going to tell you what, like, what God is like from their 
um, like from, from their voice. And that's going to be so cool to hear. So come back, hear from that. But tonight we're going to talk about God being righteous. Y'all excited about that? Hey, that's cool. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll start, okay? Jesus, we love you. Um, God, uh, yeah, just help us. Help everybody here's um, hearts to be open and humble, um, not just coming in like hard and like knowing everything, but even even me, God, um, would you help us to be humble before you, hearing from you, and just seeking to understand what you are really like. Reality, God, is what we're asking for. We don't want to know what someone said about you one time. We want to know you, God. We're really, we're really pursuing your heart and your character, God. Would you help us, help me um, speak? Um, in your name I pray, amen. Cool. So we talk about righteousness. A lot of people, I think righteousness is like foundational. Because if we understand righteousness correctly, then all these other things that people said, there's mercy, love, joyful, um, good, kind, all these things, if they, don't, if they aren't kind of like founded in righteousness, then I think that we can kind of get a little jacked up, okay? So I want to talk about this first because not that it's like the most important one, um, but because I think it, it's foundational for us to understand this first and then build on top of that. Does that make sense? Cool. So um, what is righteousness? We're going to talk about that. Um, and I, I, like, wrote down a couple of these definitions. Um, these are, like, what the Bible word for righteous means. Um, so rightness and just are kind of, like, the top two. And then there's these other ones that are like justified, integrity, virtue, purity of life. I like this one. Correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. Correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. And so we think about righteousness. God is basically right in all that he does. Okay? He's right in all that he does. If we come from any other perspective, if God could be wrong or could be off, that's what we say last week. Your God is too small. We have to understand that he's right in all that he does. Usually, and this is kind of like maybe confusing at first, but I hope to clear that up um, throughout this night. A lot of times when we think about righteousness, um, it's like a negative thing, like, right? Like you just hear like, oh, self-righteous. Like that's, when else do you, like, have you called someone righteous? The only other time I can think about hearing the word righteous outside of God is from like that little turtle and Finding Nemo. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only other time that you ever hear about this. And so, like, you'll, you'll be like, you'll see these politicians or, like, people that are trying to get, you know, awarded for something. And there's never, like, the Righteousness Award. It's always, like, most sportsman or, or kindest or, gen, you know, gentle or all these things. And those are great, but there's never, like, righteous, right? And so when we talk about the righteousness of man, a lot of times if someone says that, you might kind of be like, you might be like, oh, well, you think you're, you know, like, you kind of get, you kind of get a bad attitude. But what the righteousness of man really just means is right standing with God. That's, what, that's all the Bible's talking about when he says that. Right standing with God. How do we line up to his laws? How do we line up to his character? How do we line up with God? So, it's, like I said, it can be a little confusing, and here's where we're going to go. The right, we're not talking about the righteousness of man. We might talk about it a little bit. You might ask questions about it. But overall, we're talking about the righteousness of God. Okay? So in 1 John 3, 7, yeah, 1 John 3, 7, it says this. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. Okay? That sounds crazy. 
especially if it doesn't have a capital H. Um, It sounds like it's just repetitive. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, righteous, just as he is righteous. So God is righteous. That's like a really, I don't know, I think that's like a really cool thing. Does God have to follow rules? Have you ever thought about that before? Does he have like a law that he abides by? Or is he just kind of like free-flowing and, and kind of do what he wants flippantly? Y'all think about that? Cool. It's a good thought. But when it says that you, if you are righteous, just as he is righteous, then that means that God has to live by some sort of standard, right? Like he can't just choose what's right today and then tomorrow he's like, oh no, that's not right. I, I changed my mind, right? Like there has to be this like set kind of almost like set in stone standard that has to be right throughout. And that's what I'm talking about. God is right. He's not trying to prove himself or change things to go his own way. He just is right. So that's the big idea for tonight. It's this. God is righteous. Okay? God is righteous. If you leave with nothing else but to understand what righteousness is and understand that God is that, you'll be good to go. So this is really cool. Um, God is right in conduct and character, okay? I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but everyone here has probably, like, done something correctly before, right? Like, I'm assuming someone would be like, yes, I've done something right once. Maybe twice, maybe ten times. You know, like, maybe not a hundred times, but at least ten, right? God God is righteous in conduct and character. And that's the difference between God's righteousness and our righteousness, He's right in conduct. He does the right thing all the time. Is this like weird to hear? Kind of like when you think about God, you're like, yeah, duh. Like he's always, he's always doing the right thing. He's, he can't do the wrong thing because then he wouldn't be God, right? But sometimes, I don't know, like I've thought about this before. If God says to do something or if he, if he says something to someone else and, and, and they do it and I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Is that right? You see what I'm saying? I think if we're honest with ourselves, this is a question that we have. So God is right in conduct. He does the right thing. But also, God is righteous in character. And that's what I'm talking about. He is the right thing. He is the right thing. In, in order to understand that, we have to just say, God always chooses what is right and best for others and for himself. Okay? This isn't just like rhetoric. This isn't just, oh, like a cool thing to say. But God is righteous. If his character is righteous, he cannot be wrong. If we're pursuing a God who is unrighteous or or unjust, then what's the point? It looks like this, okay? Um, When I was a, let's see, a senior? Yes. When I was a senior, it was the the fall semester of my senior year. Anybody else fall semester senior year? Okay, a couple y'all. If y'all aren't excited, I don't know what you're in college for. Um... So fall semester of my senior year, finals week, right? Last test, last time slot during finals week, okay? So I have to stay like all week long. I can't go home. I have to wait for this dumb test. I didn't like the class. I take the test. I do very well on it. But I have to talk to my professor afterwards. I walk up, to, I walk up turn in my test, and then I start asking, hey, um, can you, like, sign off on this class so I can take it next semester so that I can graduate on time? And this professor, this beautiful, wonderful soul, 
said no. And I said, what do you mean no? If you don't sign it, I will have to come back for a whole semester just to take a three-hour class. And she said, I said no, I can't do it. I said, you can't do it or you won't do it. And I'm not the last person taking a test, okay? This is, I've probably finished in the first three people, so there were probably 80 to 100 other people taking this test. I'm standing in the front of an auditorium, and she starts yelling at me. And it's not because I was being nice. It's because I was being rude. And so she's like, no, I won't do it, and I can't do it. And I said, you can do it. You won't do it, right? <laughs> I am not proud of this story. I, I have made amends, but I'm trying to make a point. So I was also trying to make a point with her. I said, <laughs> she said, I'm not going to do it because I said I'm not going to do it. And then I said, that's stupid. You should do it because it's the right thing to do, right? This is dumb. I'm not going to come back for a whole semester, pay all these dumb fees that y'all have to pay. Joke's on you. Um, like, all these dumb fees just to take a three-hour class, that's not going to happen. And she said, it is going to happen. No one, no one else can make this decision. I'm the chair of the department. I'm like, well, she wins. So I walk out, I'm super angry, I'm like pacing outside the door, like I'm not going to get physical obviously, but I do want to yell at her some more, and I know she wants to yell at me some more, and so I'm like kind of pacing outside the door, and this girl comes out, and I'm pretty sure she was an angel, because I never saw her again, and she said, hey, guess what, I heard what y'all were talking about, I was like, yeah, obviously, <laughs> everybody heard, <laughs> they have to add time on this final, because we just yelled at each other, and she said, you can go talk to her boss. And I said, thank you. I didn't realize that. So I did, graduated on time, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but what was the, yeah, I got her, big deal. <laughs> oh, no, this is the best part of the story. So the very next semester, my spring semester, my last part of the, my, my last semester, I'm taking 21 hours. It's crazy. I have her, you know how you have like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one class, right? And then Tuesday, Thursday, another class. I had her every day of the week. Every single day of the week. I walked in, and I knew it. I was on the schedule. I was like, I like walked in the first day, and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm here today and tomorrow. And, and I, you know, we, we were cool. I apologized and said that was stupid. But I did go overhead. But here's the point, okay? Unrighteousness. Unfairness, Right? I was, I was so mad because I was like, this is so unfair. This is so dumb. What you're doing isn't even right. Does that make sense? Have you ever been treated unfairly before? Yes, everyone has. God is not that way. God does not just arbitrarily choose what is right and what is wrong. He says, look, you might not like this right now, but trust me, I know best, okay? Not for myself, but for all of us. We have to understand this is huge, a God that, that is unrighteous is too small. A God like that is horrible. I'm not going to say he's like my professor because there has to be grace there. But a God like that has no beauty, truth, or goodness. He would be miserable, or sorry, we would be miserable to follow him if we bore that kind of image. Imagine this, like played all the way out. If God is unrighteous, right, then that means there's no right or wrong. Okay? 
If that's the case, then us being treated unfairly is okay. And we actually, this is how I know this is true, is because we feel mad or sad or bad whenever someone treats us unfairly. If that wasn't in us, then that means there's no right or wrong. Does that make sense? There has to be order. There has to be truth. God does not act selfishly. He is righteous, and his righteousness can and has to be discovered by us. That's awesome. God is so big. An unrighteous, all-powerful God wouldn't give us a choice in things at all. He'd just make a bunch of robots and say, worship me. You don't have any choice. That's cra- that is crazy. So the fact that we know that there's a right and wrong, the fact that we feel mad when someone's unfair to us, and the fact that there is um, something else proves that, <laughs> proves that God is like an, a, a righteous God. Does that make sense? So we have to understand this. E. Stanley Jones some of y'all know him, Christ in your road, he says this, mercy without righteousness is mushy. Mercy without righteousness is mushy. Very funny phrasing. But think about that. If we have mercy, if we have love, if we have kindness, gentleness, all, all these things, joy, without righteousness, it's not full because there's no point to it. If, we have mer- if, if, if God is merciful, oh, it's okay, that's okay. Um, You didn't mean to. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. And there's no righteousness, and there's no foundation. There's no stone to hold on to, right? That's a wimpy God, and that God is too small. We have a strong, powerful God, and he is righteous. But in God's righteousness, he's given us the power to choose, to choose to obey him or not. He gives us that choice. This is what's so cool to me about his righteousness, Not that he chose just to make us, not that he chose just to love us or die for us or whatever you think about God, but that he actually gave us a choice to follow him or not. That proves that he's not insecure. That proves that he's righteous. Does this make sense? Y'all with me? Okay, cool. I just want to make sure because this is a big deal. I know I'm asking that a lot, partly because it's probably warm in here and y'all look tired, but partly because I think this is such a big deal that if we understand this, we will understand God. Okay, so I'm going to chill on that. Let this guy say it for me. C.S. Lewis, in Mere Christianity, um, he says this. He says, but the most remarkable thing is, whenever you find a man who says he does not believe in a real right or wrong, you will find the same man going back on this a moment later. He may break his promise to you, but if, you are try, if, but if you try breaking one to him, he will be complaining, it's not fair, before you can say Jack Robinson. I think we should bring that phrase back. A nation may say treaties don't matter, but then next minute they spoil their case by saying that the particular treaty they want to break was an unfair one. But if treaties do not matter, and if there is no such thing as right or wrong, In other words, if there is no law of nature, or what he's talking about there is the righteousness of God. If God is not righteous, what is the big difference between a fair treaty and an unfair one? Have they not let the cat out of the bag and shown that, whatever they say, they really know the law of nature or the righteousness of God just like anyone else? His righteousness sets a standard for all right things. Anything against God's righteousness, we can inherently say, is not right. Yeah? 
So check this out. Hebrews 1.9. This is cool. It says, God loves righteousness and hates iniquity. It says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. God loves righteousness and hates iniquity. That's just sin or wrong. You have to not like something in order to like something. God loves righteousness. He hates iniquity or he hates sin. God's righteousness is the standard. You see what I'm saying? God's righteousness is in the standard. It's the only thing that we can follow. So how do we understand what this is? We talked about knowing God a lot last week. Not what do I think is right or what do I feel is right, but what is right? How do we know what that actually is? If there's no standard, then there's no reality. If there's no standard, if God doesn't have, if God's not righteous, there's no reality. Anything goes. Everything is chaos. But here's the point. God's righteousness comes from his value. God's righteousness comes from his value and his unselfishness. His righteousness, he's righteous not just in conduct. We could probably get about 100% if we got lucky. If we did everything right for the rest of our lives, we could probably live a, like, live a righteous life, right? Maybe like one out of a billion people could do that. Probably not. <laughs> but God's righteousness is ingrained in his character. It's who he is. He doesn't just choose what's right. He is what's right. Following a righteous God gives us freedom. Freedom to obey someone who is wiser and more good than anyone you've ever met. Freedom to obey and follow someone who sees the consequences of every action that you do. He knows what consequences follow anything that you do. What, what's so big about God to me is that he's righteous. But even bigger than that is that he was secure enough, that he was wise enough and smart enough, knowing everything that could ever happen in the future, knowing every every choice that you could ever make, knowing every consequence that ever could come from that choice, and not just you, but the history of the world, and he still chose to give us freedom, freedom to choose him. If God is not righteous, then he wouldn't have given us that choice. But because he's righteous, in all reality, the right thing to do would be for God to give us that choice, to choose him or not choose him. God is committed to righteousness. This is the last quote, and I'm almost done. This is from a guy called George MacDonald. Hey. He actually, uh, he's basically just like C.S. Lewis's, like, other part. Because C.S. Lewis just quotes him all the time. This is awesome. It says this. The man who has this righteousness thinks about things as God thinks about them, loves the thing that God loves, cares for nothing that God does not care about, the man with God's righteousness does not love a thing merely because it is right, but loves the very rightness of it. He, does not, he not only loves a thought, but he loves the thought alive in the man. He does not take his joy from himself. He feels joy in himself, but it comes to him from others, not from himself. From God first and from somebody, anybody. The man who really knows God is and will always be content with what God, who is the very self of his self, shall choose for him. He is entirely God's and not at all his own. 
He is entirely God's and not at all his own. That's what I want you guys to get tonight. Because of God's righteousness and character, we are not our own. We don't have the right. We don't have the wisdom. We don't have the, the, it wouldn't even be wise, smart for us to rule our own lives. In his righteousness, he becomes the most able being to rule our lives. Someone who comes in and says, oh, hey, I got this all figured out. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you everything you ever need to do. They're, they're going to have like an ulterior motive, right? What would they get from that? But God, because he's infinite and he sees the big picture, he's able to make these decisions and tell us what's right, what's wrong, um, what's good, what's bad, because he sees the outcome of all of it. It's kind of like this. If I was to invite someone up here and I had, does anybody here like really like shoes? Okay, a couple people. Do you like, do you know what Yeezys are? Okay, some people don't, and I think less of them. I'm just kidding. But if I asked you to come up here and I said, hey, here's a $10 bill or here's a brand new dead stock pair of Yeezys, which one would you pick? $10. That would be an unwise choice. That's a horrible decision. Why wouldn't you pick the shoes? You could sell them again for more than you ever even paid for them. You could sell them for hundreds of dollars more than you could pay for them. What's your brand? Okay, you said you like shoes. <laughs> okay, if I had some Payless Shoe Store gift card and it was worth $15 and I had a $10 bill, which one would you pick? Payless Shoe Store gift card, $10 bill. Okay. I don't know about you. We're always going to pick. That's, that's like the base. That's actually a good example. You don't like it. So it doesn't, it's not worth anything to you, right? You don't like Yeezys. Sorry if I lost anybody. All of our decisions are based on value. All of our decisions are based on value. What's most valuable? Because of God's righteousness and character, he inherently becomes the most valuable thing in the universe. His worth comes from who he is, not just what he does. It's not because God's loving. It's not because God made you. It's not because God's good or wise or he knows everything or, or he um, is everywhere. Like, like none of that is why he has the, the supreme value. It's because of his righteousness. It's because of his value in his character. And because of that, he is the most qualified person to rule your life. Therein God has a right on your life, okay? God has a right on your life. Because of his value, because of his righteousness, God has a right on your life. Not because of all those other things. The bank can come back up. If God just made you, or if he just loved you, or if all these other things without his righteousness, he wouldn't have that value. He'd just kind of be creepy, or he'd be um, like kind of wimpy, or he'd be kind of like a tyrant, right? But because of his righteousness, because of his character, we can trust him. We can know that what he chooses for us is actually the best thing. So tonight, this is what we're going to worship. And this is like, this is kind of heavy, but I hope that it made sense. 
Getting right with God tonight is a big deal. If this is your first or second week, if this is like your first week on campus, um, you may be faced with like a ton of decisions. If this is your hundredth week on, on campus, you're going to be faced with a lot of decisions. But I know this for sure. The God of the Bible, the God that we're talking about, is the most qualified to rule your life. You aren't. I'm not. I'm not the most qualified to rule my life. I don't know what's best for me, but I trust that he does, and he's never let me down before. Do y'all know what I'm saying? So we're still learning about how our concept of God stands up against his reality. If it's still off, as we're worshiping, as we're praying, as whatever, ask him to reveal his own character to you. If this is like kind of weird and you're like, I don't even know why I'm at this church tonight, ask him to reveal his character to you. He can do it. If God is righteous and has a right to rule our lives, are you holding anything back? Are you holding back? Are you, are you trying to rule your life? Are you saying, oh, yeah, that might be cool. God's like, he's kind of second place in my life. Or maybe he's first place, but I get to be second place. You know, he is big enough. He is wise enough. And he's righteous enough to rule our whole lives. It's not just part of it. And then lastly, if you're kind of like, man, I I get all this stuff. I believe all these things. Then praise God that he's righteous. Thank him that that he's righteous. Tell him, it's not just what you do for me, it's who you are to me. Thank you for who you are. God doesn't flippantly rule as a tyrant, selfishly, but he rules us as a king who loves us and who trusts us. So we're gonna finish up and and we're gonna worship. So I'm gonna pray. Jesus, we love you. God, um, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your heart. Lord, um, yeah, would you just speak to people tonight? If they want to know your voice, if they want to know what you're actually like, God, which I know that you'll reveal yourself. I know that you'll speak to our hearts. God, uh, yeah, if there's anybody here that, that really does have questions, I pray that you would give them the bravery um, to ask whoever they came with, whether it's like a small group leader or, or whatever, God, that they would ask those questions so that they could know you better, know you more fully. God, most of all, thank you for being righteous. Thank you for not being selfish. Thank you for not ruling us in a way that we have to watch our backs or, or think that, that you may not have the best, thing, best intentions for us, God, but that we can like fully trust you. You are good. You are holy. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, God. Amen.